Hey, welcome. It is uh, seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Joe Biden wants to move the first in the country primary to South Carolina. What does that indicate? I'll tell you, una momento. Uh, our telephone number here is 874-9390. Toll free, it's 800-529-5572. Or go to GaryNolan.com to get in uh, and send a message. It'll pop up here in studio. Uh, the Democrats uh, proposed and passed through the House... And Democrats and Republicans, uh, by the way, uh, passed the uh, Respect for Marriage Act. And I told you this was a bad idea right from the get-go, and it is. Uh, and it is a bad idea because uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, the woman who makes websites uh, for, for uh, uh, marriages and weddings. Uh, and she's in front of the Supreme Court. The Respect for Marriage Act um, nationalizes that vulnerability for those small businesses. If you're a private business owner, this bill could lead you in court. If you're a, a religious person and you own a bakery and you decide you're not going to make homosexual uh, 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 wedding cakes, then you could find yourself in trouble under this act. It's, it's a terrible piece of legislation and Republicans voted for it. And I might add, Roy Blunt was one of them. Now, you people keep asking me why I don't vote Republican. It's because you can't trust them. They're without principle. And Blunt's excuse was, well, it was silly. Um, he said uh, it's better for the Congress to speak on the issue than to let the courts and various federal entities decide to minimize religious freedom. Let the courts decide. Bring it to the Supreme Court. You've got a, a, a decent majority of conservatives who are contextualists on the court, and they would reject this. But what you've done, Senator Blunt, is you've joined a chorus of progressives who have literally made vulnerable any business that's owned by someone who believes in the Bible and religion and God and you've uh, subjected them to harassment. This bill should never have been passed. We we have so we have so perverted law in this country and do it all the time. It's gotten so complex and complicated because we keep trying to write morality into the law. It's not the job of the government to teach morality. It's not the job of the government to write feel-good laws. It is the job of the government to protect my liberty. If, if I'm assaulted physically, if I'm robbed, if I'm blasphemed, I, I have recourse. I am a victim. Nobody is a victim because somebody won't bake a cake or make a website. Go somewhere else. There are other bakers. Hire somebody else who makes websites. You can do that. You could hire somebody from anywhere in the country, if you lived in Colorado, to build you a website for your wedding. There are lots of people that can do that. This one, per or this one particular store doesn't do it, so you, you drag them through the courts? 
And that's what Senator Blunt signed on to. The vulnerability of those small businesses. They are unprotected. These are laws that shouldn't even exist. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. Coming up in just a few minutes, uh, Joe Biden wants the first in the country primary to be South Carolina. I think that uh, that's very telling. And there there may be a little, <laughs> a little bit of a problem with this. I'll get into the details of that in just a few minutes. First, James is on the line. James, welcome. How are you? I wonder why these uh, people from the LGB don't go into the Muslim bakeries. That's all I wanted to ask you, Gary. <laughs> uh, good, good question. Um, it's 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 just outrageous. That's all. Just outrageous. Um, the Respect for Marriage Act should not have been passed. There shouldn't be one Republican on board with this. And and the courts ought to reject it. Summarily, out of hand, they should just reject it. I don't know. Makes me crazy. All right. Uh, So Joe Biden has declared that Democrats should give up restrictive caucuses, prioritize diversity at the start of their presidential primary calendar, uh, and they want to go after... uh, Literally, he wants them to go to South Carolina first. By the way, it doesn't mean this is going to happen. Because he's got to deal with uh, state legislatures. New Hampshire law, I guess, uh, declares they will be the first in the nation. So if South Carolina moves it up to a week earlier, then automatically New Hampshire will go two weeks earlier. uh, And they can keep that game up all day. The president's direction came as the DNC Rules Committee gathered in Washington on Friday to vote on shaking up the presidential primary calendar starting in 2024. Members now expect to approve new rules putting South Carolina first, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada on the same uh, uh, same day a week later. Well, the whole point of that is because he is going to try and run for president Again, he's going to try and run for re-election. I think that's what this tells us. He was not doing too well until he was endorsed in South Carolina. Uh, and that's when he started to, to prevail in the primary. He doesn't want to start off with a couple of states where he's a loser if he's challenged. He wants to go you know, right to the top. And he thinks he can do that if he moves this uh, first in the country primary to South Carolina. So I think, I think based on this, the answer to the question is Joe Biden running for re-election. Yes, I think it is. Um, it, 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 he's he's going to have a bit of a problem anyway. Even uh, it doesn't matter how it how it turns out, he's going to have a problem unless he can convince the world that the China flu is still such a problem he has to campaign from his basement, he's going to have to come out and make public appearances. And not just one a day or one a week or one a month. He's going to have to be out there regularly because he can't hide behind that excuse. And I don't think he has the wherewithal to do that. He can barely get through uh, an event today. And I seriously believe, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I seriously believe... That he's getting shots of something to help him through. I, 
I don't know what exists, uh, and it's just purely speculation on my part. But when he's out in public for more than a little while, he becomes totally lost. He doesn't even know where he's at when he's standing on a stage. He literally sticks his hand out to shake hands with people who aren't there. So I don't think he's going to be an effective campaigner this time around. And if the Republicans put somebody up that's even halfway decent, I think he is going to get slammed. Personally, I hope he does run again. Because the impacts of, of the uh, uh, inflation have yet to surface entirely. The impacts of fighting the inflation without the help of the administration have yet to impact thoroughly. When they do, and I think that'll happen in the next year and a half, Biden's going to be in trouble. And you know what his defense is going to have to be? I'll tell you right now, his defense is going to have to be that the Republicans taking over the House of Representatives is the reason we're in economic trouble. Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. 20 minutes after 11. One of my favorite people in the U.S. Senate is Senator Kennedy. I, I don't know. You know, he's got that, that southern accent, and it sounds so... I don't know, pedestrian, like he's just a good old boy. And yet, when you listen to him, the pearly words of wisdom are not only intelligent, they're entertaining. That's a, that's a real skill uh, that few people have, and he does. Listen to this. Well, wait a minute. These woke, high-IQ stupid people, they're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate Dr. Zeus, and they hate Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> the, these woke, high IQ stupid people, they walk around, they walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy. Now, if you want to eat kale, that's up to you. I don't eat kale. You know why? Because kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> and these high IQ pe stupid people, the wokers in charge in Washington, D.C., the berserk wing of the Democratic Party, they hyperventilate on their yoga mats if, if you use the wrong pronoun. They're all over Washington, D.C. <laughs> It's <laughs> just humorous the way he says things. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, Brian Houseworth is the news god <laughs> for Zimmer Radio. And he has stepped into the studio with this crushing update on a problem that has been plaguing the city of Columbia for the last four years that I know of. You know, Gary, I'll tell you, I have a feeling that uh, with the way things are, by the way, it's great to be with you, as always. I always appreciate you having me in. It's one of those issues that uh, trash, um, trash bags, and to a certain extent, roll carts. I feel like I'm going to be 95 years old working at the Eagle talk, <laughs> talking about tr tr trash bags and, and roll carts of some kind. It is just incredible. There is, I can, there is no other town anywhere that I can think of in this area 
that it's this big of an issue, but it really is. People get so worked up on these trash bags and the uh, the roll carts and everything. But, yeah, it is coming up. There's a couple other, I think, interesting things at the council meeting we can touch on as well uh, in a second. But, but, yeah, in a nutshell, the council, Gary, is going to vote tonight on a bill that's scheduled to be voted on. It involves uh, the trash bags. And basically, the staff is recommending, and I have a feeling this is going to pass, they are recommending that the requirement to use the city logo bags for the trash uh, disposal be eliminated and that the city would no longer provide the bags for trash disposal and a collection. So pretty straightforward there. They say that that would save about $1.1 million uh, by getting rid of this. So staff is recommending approval. You know, Mike Murphy's touched on this on Fred Perry's show, and I've touched on it as well in our newscasts. The plan, one would think, would be to go to uh, the, uh, you know, this roll cart issue. However, they still have to get the uh, the, the, the proper trucks. There's about 10 trucks they're going to have to purchase, and they will lease those trucks. So that's going to cost, I believe, about $865,000. But again, they're going to save $1.1 million. So that is the plan right now, first things first. And I do think this is going to uh, to pass tonight. There have been, and I've heard these complaints, I'm sure you have as well, uh, there are people who have complained about the uh, the fact that you have to buy a, a, a certain bag from, from the city. has to have a logo on it. Now, some have said it, they're defective. I've not experienced that. Others say they cost too much. Um, those are some of the complaints. But the biggest complaint I have received is that the bags are not available in some stores right now. So uh, there's a variety of reasons people are complaining. But uh, And then there are people who support this, uh, who support keeping the uh, the city logo bags and probably don't want to go back to what we had before. But that is kind of the status right now. I hope that makes sense. It's a little complicated because it's got a couple of different issues all involved in one in the vote tonight. I went over to Brian's house last week. I wanted him to monogram a bag for me and <laughs> give me an autograph on his monogram bag. Um, I'm really concerned, Gary. I mean, if they do away with these monogrammed bags, how will I know what bag to purchase? I, I mean, I'm just... I'm really scared. Yeah, there are a lot of choices. Maybe the government will, you know, the city council will write some rules on how many mills thick they have to be, <laughs> what color they have to be. But uh, so are they going to actually go, are they actually going to vote on just getting rid of the monogram bags or are they going to vote on bringing in the roll carts? The the roll carts are just kind of an, an understanding right now. The the because roll carts are not actually mentioned in the bill that they're going to be voting on tonight. That's kind of understood because in the in the budget, and again, Mike Murphy touched on this in a little more detail because um, they had about an hour um, to do it. Fred Perry and him, and they mentioned about the lease trucks, uh, eight hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. Apparently, those are fairly hard to get. But in answer to your question. Um, roll carts are not in the actual ordinance tonight, but that's clearly what they'd be going to. This bill tonight really does two things. And I think that at one point when I was looking at the agenda two weeks uh, ago, they were actually in separate bills. But it looks like they've combined them. But it's it's basically to get rid of the, you know, the, the city logo bags 
for refuge, uh, refuse collection, and then uh, getting rid, basically requiring the city to, lo- no, you know, proposing the city no longer provide the bags for trash collection. So that is really the two things all involved in one. Because right now you have to buy them from the city, or at least you're supposed to, and it has to be, uh, it has to have the logo on it. Now there are a couple of exceptions. I know in apartment complexes. I don't believe that is enforced, but generally, if you are in a in a, um, a home, you have to do it like this. And uh, there have been complaints about it. People don't like it for a multitude of reasons. I do expect it to pass uh, because staff recommends it. But I say that I said the same thing last week. Staff recommended they you know go with fusis, and we saw what happened last week. So n- nothing is ever a slam dunk. Uh, in this city council, you know that, um, but in this case, it, you just you just never know what they're going to do. I tend to think it's going to pass, though. We're literally the laughingstock of the state. There's, there's, I don't know of any place in the country where this has been such an issue. There isn't a talk show host outside of Columbia, Missouri, that has hauling trash as a topic for four years it, it's 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 absolutely true and we you know we, we tell people about it people when they drive through and they hear us talking about it they think it's we're like joking or whatever and and we're not and gary here's the thing for people who live outside of columbia this is an emotional issue for some of these folks i mean it's as important so trash collection in this town to some people is as important, and I'm not exaggerating, you know this from your callers, it's as important to them as abortion or guns. They get really, really worked up on the issue of trash collection. It is very important to them, and there are um, there are people who do not want these roll carts. I mean, no question. Uh, the, the One of the biggest complaints I've heard about roll carts is that squirrels and rats and raccoons are going to get into there and, t- and rip the, the trash apart. Now, there are other criticisms as well. And again, it's not in... How does that protect the bag on the ground? You know, it's it, it, uh, primarily it's elderly people that I've, I've heard this from. Um, uh, and, and they're very vocal. And uh, that they just feel that they don't like the idea of roll carts. Not all of them. But a number of them, but they have they've been concerned about that, and they feel like it's just just something that we should not do. That's that bag is less vulnerable to raccoons and other critters if it's in a garbage can. That's my first argument. Secondly, if you're a senior citizen, uh, right now the city will go up and pick the garbage bag up and bring it down to the street for you. They could certainly do that with uh, the roll carts. So I don't see a downside to this. Uh, so help me, I just don't know why this doesn't go away. But wait, there's more. City Council is talking about more than just hauling away your trash. Have you got a couple of minutes you can stick around sure. while we do the news? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you want to whet the appetite and tell them what's, uh, what you're going to talk about I, next? Yeah, two very things, and I think they're important, and I don't think either one are, t- are really controversial. I think they're both important. 63 in Grindstone, big proposal on that. And then uh, w- winter snow um, and how they're going to haul that off. I think those are both worth uh, a quick mention after the break if you have time. All right, we'll do that. I remember when, when I first moved to town, they had the black bluch that they <laughs> used to spread all over the streets. Uh, and I'm so grateful that they don't do that. What was that, ash? 
I think ashes so. or something? I think so. And people complain about that, too. Yes, I remember that. You And you literally would have to take your shoes off if you ever came back in the house after you walked outside. Uh, boy, that stuff was ugly. All right. We'll get into those two, and uh, we've got more coming up. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. Brian Houseworth, the uh, Zimmer News God, with us on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35. Uh, glad to have you with us. Glad to be I'm chuckling because LinkedIn has just sent out a message saying, uh, congratulations for uh, being with Zimmer Radio for 16 years, uh, 15 of which uh, have been uh, spent with Brian. But everybody has their cross to bear. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Brian's, Brian Houseworth, the news god from Zimmer Radio, is on board. The city council in Columbia we talked about earlier, uh, what they're going to do is uh, vote on the uh, monogram garbage bags. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, 63, and, and I've done this, uh, you, you, you get on the uh, northbound uh, 63 off Grindstone, mm-hmm. uh, and it can be a real pain. Oh, there's there's no question about it. This one is definitely um, this one is not controversial, and I've been at a couple of the meetings, uh, Gary, over at New Haven, where Modot has been there, and this is this is one of those issues that there is just strong support for it. In fact, everybody I've talked to at these meetings would like to see it uh, done quicker, but it takes time, environmental studies, that sort of thing. But basically, this is more of a formality. The bill tonight that will be voted on would authorize a municipal agreement with Modot for the improvements at 63 and grindstone and this is a big it's a big area not just for people who live in columbia or have students or uh, you know children or uh, etc that uh, go to school at new haven but also as you mentioned the the courtyard by marriott or here at zimber radio or in the limon industrial park if you're working at let's say uh fedex or you're working at um uh, mizzou's got properties down there you've got uh, all sorts of different uh, companies dana is down the road from us many many manufacturers up and down it's almost impossible to either get into, let's say you're on Grindstone, to take a left to get into Limon Industrial or onto it, or if you're coming up by the hotel to take a right, unless you're driving out of there in the middle of the night, even then it can back up. It can be difficult. But this is basically a $9 million proposal. Uh, they essentially would uh, you know, fix, uh, basically they would modify, they would reroute Lenore to the east. You'd have a couple of new signals. One would be at the relocated Lenore. The other one would be at Lamone Industrial. And uh, in, in, in a nutshell, I think the biggest thing that we would see is in, instead of, uh, this is where it really gets backed up on the other side, for people who are dra- traveling east on Grindstone right now, and they want to turn to the left, which would go, that would be north, north. on 63, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable how many cars come through there. So instead of taking a left, they would not be able to take a left. They would go to the right and go down a ramp, if you will. And MoDOT says that will really flow the traffic. That will also keep the other people that, that would help people that were coming out of Limon Industrial. So that really is the, uh, the biggest thing. It's about $9 million. They're looking at 2024. Uh, it, it getting this done construction in 2024 with a planned completion date in early to mid 
2025. It's just, it, and I know that's uh, that's been something I've heard. If there's been any criticism from folks, they just would like to see this done faster. But that's that's as fast. Of course, MoDOT's got Roachport Bridge. They've got I-70, 63 coming up as well. So that is tonight. And, Gary, there will be a report tonight from the council. I don't see anything, uh, of course, you know, I never want to... S- say speak too soon because you never know what's going to come up but i don't see anything ultra controversial tonight uh but they will have a report and this is an important issue i know for many people and that deals with snow in snow removal and uh you know you and i've been here a long time there have been a lot of annexations over the years right now we have 691 miles of first second and third priority lane routes doesn't look like any major changes uh basically streets would still be the lead agency they have a combined fleet of uh, 21 tandem and single axle trucks 11 one-ton trucks they've got a dedicated motor grader with a wing plow a lot of other smaller vehicles as well the only change that i see if you will, is if people live on lettered routes, specifically WW east of town, that would be if you get off of 63, that would kind of the area where we had that fatality the other day uh, on the way to where Brandon Rathert lives, that area, double K, K south of town. Some of those may see a reduced service because of worker constraints and they're, they're limited in material they're saying um and uh, modot is also saying the lower level of the lower volume letter routes could be impacted as well uh and the last point i would make is if there is a storm and uh in gosh last february i was i I've, i remember i think it was eight storms i covered last february here at zimmer and it was almost every and they were always on a wednesday uh, so it seems <laughs> it you know it was just very very busy but cr- cr- typically under the plan they're going to report for duty for 12 hour shifts 22 to 28 people and um, you know the city maintains about 1400 total lane miles so this will just be something before we get a major storm just to be uh, discussed I do know how important it is. People always uh, want more information, and we try to provide that when there is a storm. But that'll be coming up tonight. That's not a vote. That is a report. Uh, and they'll no. also they'll talk about each ward individually as well during this report. Uh, with regard to uh, Grindstone, yeah. uh, I've taken to the point where I just I get off at Stadium uh, and head up the back, uh, 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 up Lamone from the, from yes. the other side, uh, just to avoid all that. And with regard to the snow, I think Columbia is just in a in a really bad position when it comes to snow. Uh, if you're in, you know, I'm from Northeast Ohio, sure. we're off of Lake Erie. We get the Lake Erie snow effect, and it's colder. Uh, you have tons and tons of snow equipment. Yes, uh, because you have to deal with it all winter long. Well, Columbia is not in that position. They don't have tons and tons of snow all winter long, but when they get hit. It, it, it's overwhelming. Yes. Uh, and there's no point in investing in enough equipment uh, because it would sit idle most of the time. Yeah, and I totally understand what you're saying. That said, Gary, I still think that, you know, you, I went through the list of the uh, the trucks they have, and you're right, especially when it gets overwhelmed, uh, overwhelming snow, it can be very, very difficult. But they do have, and they do a good job, the city overall, of trying to maintain that equipment. I keep in regular touch with Public Works, and they're really good about communicating. 
but you were right. I mean, we have had a few years where it's very little, but the last couple, I mean, I I know I was here on New Year's. It was either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day last year, and I, I had to stay at the hotel next door. I couldn't get out. I mean, it was, yeah. it was really rough. In February, it was a couple in January, but I just remember how busy. One of them was during our um, our Radiothon, mm-hmm. um, and it was just, it was hard to get people. I know Gary Pinkle drove here to the station to drop off a uh, donation, do an interview, and he was driving. It was it was almost blizzard conditions. He still got here. So it's, it is tough. I do think they do the best they can. It is hard, and I know they're shorthanded, but... Um, I, I, you know, it, it's a, and you're right. Some of the other cities, like Wyoming, is another example that ha- have a lot more. I do think they do the best they can with with what they have. And we, you know, we had a little bit of snow. Oh, I think it's been a couple of uh, maybe, I'd say maybe three weeks ago. But it didn't. It, we didn't have as much as it, it could have could have been worse. But we did have a little bit of snow. But um, it, it, I know that's something we definitely, definitely focus on, and we really focus on the morning shows when we have that happen because you're right i think you hit it on the head if it's just an inch maybe an inch a half that can just wreak all sorts of havoc i, I remember one day we barely had an inch and there were just dozens and dozens of crashes all over town part of it was people driving too fast but some of them were telling me they were hitting black ice too well, so i mean that that can be problematic the snow is not a problem for brian i am his secret weapon Mm-hmm. Uh, when it snows badly, he calls me up. He knows hey, I'm you familiar with driving get uh, my, in the snow. Get my car out of this uh, predicament. <laughs> You're really good at it. Yeah. You know, especially if we have some pegboard on hand. Yeah. yeah. It's the best kind. Yeah. Well, of course, you'd have to Fling be it a, into my leg. <laughs> well, you'd have to have a you'd like have bubble off plum to stand in front of the car <laughs> when that's, uh, you know, you those types of You did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I did it on purpose. I'd have cut that leg right off. <laughs> you did <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brian, thank you. Brian Housworth, thank you for coming on board with us today. Always a pleasure, Gary. You have a great rest of your show, my friend. Appreciate it. Right, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Alan, on the uh, grindstone, uh, what would you call it, uh, the mess at grindstone. Alan, what's up? Well, I was just curious, what is the city of Columbia's play in this thing tonight? That's all state property. I thought it was a state project. What's the Columbia's deal? Uh, Well, um, I I thought they were going to fund it. He's going back in. But uh, Brian's coming uh-huh. back in. He'll he'll tell us uh, what he knows. Okay. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me, Gary? Yeah. It's it's more or less a formality, but they do they are required to approve that project. The caller is correct in that it is basically a state project, but the Columbia City Council, uh, probably more from a legal aspect than anything, they'll discuss this tonight. Their approval is required on that, and the city manager basically it executes an agreement that's been prepared for the city, but it is a formality, and they they do need to do that. Okay. Okay. All right, Alan. Thank you. Th- thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Gary. Uh, yeah, thank you, Brian. <laughs> Just keep them on. Uh, let me go back to the phones. Hey, Chuck, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, well, I don't know uh, why we need to invest in more equipment. I think the, the city's call 
the state of Oregon. Now, I know not much of any benefit comes out of the state of Oregon, but I, I drive a truck all over the United States, and it's the only place where whatever it is that they put on the highways, they don't even need to plow. You can have four, five inches of snow, ice, slush, accumulation, whatever you want to call it. They won't touch it, and you can drive an 18-wheeler on it at highway speed and have the same amount of traction that you do uh, on dry dry surface. I don't know what it is. It turns everything brown. Now, it doesn't track into my truck, so I don't think it would track into your house or your car, but I don't know what it is. I know it's not beet juice. I know it's not brine or any of that stuff. It's just I've never seen it in any other state, and and that stuff is is killer. I mean, it's it's amazing. You wouldn't we, even need to remove the snow. We used to have this stuff. It was blue ice. I don't know what was in the ice to make it blue, uh, but they had that up there. There. Uh, then people started complaining about the salt that it would break up the concrete, poison the lake, that sort of thing. Uh, nope. I don't I don't know what they're doing up there th- that uh, you like so much, but. Uh, there are alternatives, and they're out there. Yes, there are. All right, Chuck, thank you. Drive carefully, buddy. Thanks. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock. Quick break. Back to wrap it up on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.52. Glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to hear from Sean Hannity. I know he's going to talk more about what came out from, uh, from Twitter, uh, and he's going to expose even more of that. Uh, then we've got... Uh, well, that's Glenn Beck is next to do that. Sean Hannity after that. And then, of course, Randy Tobler will be on board with us. Uh, and don't forget tomorrow morning, uh, Wake Up Columbia, because uh, it's still the show to listen to uh, in the morning. Let me uh, let me ask this. I was, I was talking to Brian about this during the break. What is the most irritating and dangerous uh, intersection in Columbia? I've only got a couple of minutes if you want to call in on this. 874-9390. 800-529-5572. But I think Brian and I have concluded, and I think we're right, the, the most dangerous and frustrating intersection is 63 and 70. Right right where that dumps onto one, you know, it just... <laughs> I dread going there. Yeah, I go. I, I avoid that intersection if I can. Uh, it's, it's especially tough... Um, I'm trying to think what direction I'd be headed. Uh, let's see. That's east, uh, west. If you head west on on uh, 70, and you get off and you make a right to get on 63 south. Have I got that right? West. Maybe it's hitting east because you're making a right. Anyway, that 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 turn. Um, you get some big vehicle to your left, and you can't see the traffic coming. You don't know if you can make that turn safely, and I mean, the whole thing is just a real mess. And I'm told, now this apparently got fixed before uh, I moved to Columbia. But I'm told that that is actually an improvement over what, over where uh, the way that uh, transition happened before. What was it like before the improvement, Brian? How did you get from 63 to 70 or 70 to 63? Uh, you had to go through there. You're talking about the uh, overpass, the flyby? That they installed at later time. I don't. All I know is I'm told, and this would have happened before I got here, that if you wanted to go say from uh, 70 and get onto 63, 
that it used to be even worse than it is today. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, the backup of traffic was just, it was crazy. And they decided to put, you know, another way to get through, at least on 63, just to, you know, go right over Interstate 70. And that really helped a lot, but it's it's terrible right now. You're going north on 63, and you're going to get on 70, and you get off at that exit, you can wait for a lifetime to get through that. Yep. It, it, it just, it's just really badly engineered. Um, Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. What's the worst intersection in Columbia? Well, Gary, I would say right up there would have to be um, those new roundabouts right there when you get off of Range Line and I-70 because you get off right there, you can't even see if another car is coming until it gets through the until it gets through the underpass right there, and by then it's almost right on top of you. I, I would say those uh, those are probably pretty bad too. I've seen it's a it's a wreck waiting to happen because I've went through there before and people getting off I seventy right there they just zoom right through there. I almost I almost hit somebody a couple of days ago because they can't see if I'm coming or not until they actually get out into the intersection or into the circle. Yeah, I. I'm not a big fan of any of those, uh, the dog bones and traffic circles. I, I, maybe, and, and I think that it might be just because I'm old-fashioned. You know, for, for uh, you know, years and years and years, uh, I, I came up upon traffic lights and responded to them. And now I've got to go around the circle and figure out which lane to get on. Uh, yeah, and many, pe- many people, when they, don't, when they don't know, when they get off the highway, they just think they've got the right-of-way to go straight into the circle when they get off the highway, not realizing until they look through the tunnel that there's a car coming. They, they can't see down the tunnel unless they get out into the circle, and by that time, it's going to be too late. So you think that's worse than 63 and 70? I, I'd say it's, it's, it's probably not, but I'd say it's pretty close. Pretty close. Okay, close enough. Yeah. All right, Mike, thank yeah. you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Steve, worst intersection in Columbia? Well, I, I, you know, I would put it at number two or three, but the stadium in Providence um, intersection, it, it's a quagmire uh, between three and six, I would say. Uh, you have a tough time making a turn or getting no, to the no, light? No, I, I just hear other people talking about it. It's, it's uh, they say, uh, it, it just takes a long time to get through that intersection. All right. Hey, Steve, thanks. Thanks, buddy. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, all right, uh, boy, um, there are some, some really tricky intersections, some frustrating intersections, but, you know, overall, there are a lot of cities that are a lot worse to drive in, just that they know how to pick up garbage in those other cities, and apparently Columbia just doesn't. What an amazing uh, turn of events that, that they couldn't figure out how to do that. Uh, I want to talk about this um, this guy that uh, gave all that money to the Democrats, uh, the cryptocurrency guy, Bankman. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm going to have time to get into great detail. He gave a ton of money to the Democrats and some money to the Republicans. And I suspect the money he gave to the Republicans were the ones that were least likely to win the general election. But he's not in jail I'm wondering if he will be. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Grandbaby, honey, I'm coming home.